Praise the Lord. Let's open up our hearts and open up our spirits to the word of the Lord today. Today, the title of the message is right out of Scripture in Mark chapter 4, the sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. There are two scriptures that have been pressing on my spirit for this morning, and they're on the screen today. The first, Mark 4, 14, the sower sows the word. Jesus is the sower. The Son of Man is the sower. The sower sows the word into the hearts of his people. And John 4, 52, then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend that is this man's son. The man inquired of his servants the hour when this child of his began to amend, or the other translations, many of them say, get better. He inquired the hour when this son began to get better. And they said unto him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. How many need to get better today? How many need to get some amending in your life in some area? of your body, of your mind, of your spirit, of your situations? How many today need to get better at your service for the Lord? How many need to get better at your service at your occupation? How many need to get better at your zeal and faithfulness and obedience? Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. Let's read the entire passage in John 4 that relates to this scripture. John 4, 46. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee where he made the water wine and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he left Capernaum and traveled over to Cana and besought him that he would come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said unto him, Except ye, speaking to all of them, that were there. Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. The nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down ere my child dies. Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son lives. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him. The man believed the word. He acted on the word that Jesus had spoken, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend, to get better. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, Thy son lives, and himself believed, and his whole house. I read this account for years, and I thought this son had an instantaneous healing. But I had to read it more closely. And the Bible says that the fever left him. The fever broke when Jesus spoke the word and the father believed the word of Jesus, the fever broke and he began to get better. It still took a little time. And this morning, by the word of the Lord, I say that the fever will break this morning in some of your lives and in your situations. The fever will break. The fever of discontent. The fever of struggle and turmoil in your mind. The, the fever of a tormented mind, the fever of a 
difficult past, the, the fever of disease, the fever of physical struggle. The fever breaks. The fever breaks by the word of the Lord. And it may take us a little time to recover, but what a relief it is when the fever breaks. Isn't that right? When the fever breaks, you know it's over. It's just a matter of time. I've still got some symptoms. I've still got some weakness, but the fever broke, and I know I'm on my way to full recovery. This father believed the word that Jesus had spoken. He believed the word of God. The Bible says God has magnified his word above his name. This man believed the word that Jesus spoke, and he acted on it. And life came forth. The fever broke, and the sun began to get better. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 5 to 6. Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before, in the word of the truth of the gospel. Which you heard before, in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you, as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. The word of the truth of the gospel which has come to you and is bringing forth fruit. The sower sows the word and it starts to bring forth fruit in our lives. The word of the truth of the gospel. The gospel is the good news of God. The gospel is this Bible. This is the good news of God. This entire Bible, cover to cover. All the promises, all the words of the Lord, all the counsels of the Lord. This is the word of God. This gospel, this word has come forth to you as it is, as it is in all the world and is bringing forth fruit. It's bringing forth fruit. And my, how we must let that fruit come forth in our lives because the sower is sowing this word into our lives, into our hearts as his people. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verses 23 to 25. I'm sorry, Mark 4, 14. The sower sows the word. Jesus sows the Bible, the scriptures, the word of God into us. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, they're under the preaching, immediately receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time afterward when tribulation trouble or persecution arises for the word's sake immediately they stumble now these are the ones sown among thorns they are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world they hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear. Notice, all of these heard the word. 
They all heard the word at the same level. But these, the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. The sower sows the word. That's what he sows. Jesus sows the word. That's what he works with. He sows the word into our lives. And I'm saying this morning, why don't we go for a hundredfold? Why don't we go for a hundredfold of the increase of the word of God in our life and its harvest and its fruitfulness? This morning I was thinking about what is the hundredfold? What does it mean to produce a hundredfold? And I felt the Holy Spirit whisper in my heart, it means that you accept and receive the word of God on every point of your life. You speak the word, you believe the word, you receive the word on every point of your life. Your morals, your trials, your successes, your injustices, your struggles, the troubles that come, your family life, a hundredfold. That means you don't argue with the word of God on one point of your life, but you speak that word and you're living in that word, in the power of that word. Now, Jesus said we can produce 30, 60, and 100-fold. And we need to respond to the Word of God. The Apostle Paul had a vision in mind in Colossians chapter 1. He said that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. That was his goal. He said we teach, we preach, we warn every person. We warn every Christian. Because we're seeking to present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want my sons and daughters and I want my grandchildren to walk in the fullness of a hundredfold in their life. I don't want them stumbling along with a little portion of the things of God and overwhelmed by so many things of life and their own personality and the things of this world. I want them to know the power of the word of God in their life on each and every point so they can live in the fullness and the joy because when you have the fullness of God's word in you, when you're living at a hundredfold, you are free because Jesus said you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The hundredfold. 30, 60, 100-fold, Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles. Jesus said in John 15, we are to bring forth fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. Paul said in Romans 12 that we might prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God in our lives. Now we know there's nothing wrong with the seed, the seed is incorruptible, incorruptible, the Bible says. The seed is imperishable. It is choice seed. It produces. There's nothing wrong with the seed. And the question is this morning, can only a few Christians come to hundredfold in their life? Is it only for a few, the elect of the select? And the answer is no, because we all have the same soil. We all have the same born-again heart. 
We all have the same new creation soil. There is no one that can say here this morning, well, I have a better salvation than yours. My, your born-again experience was inferior to mine. In Jesus Christ, we, come, we become new creations in Christ, and he puts the same soil in every one of our hearts. Some, Jesus said, get hold of 30-fold of the word. Some get hold of 60 and he said, some surrender their lives so completely that they partake of a hundredfold of the word of God, of its harvest, of its blessing, of its joy, of its fullness, that they're living the word of God on every point of their life, relationships, circumstances, occupations. They're living in that fullness of the Lord. What a beautiful harvest. But let's note this morning that seed doesn't have roots and seed doesn't have fruits. The word that Jesus speaks to us, this holy Bible we have, this word of God, it comes as seed, and seed doesn't have roots, and seed doesn't have fruits. But if we will take care of the seed, it will root, and we will bring forth fruit in our lives. Hallelujah. If you take care of the seed, if you guard this seed, if you love this seed of God and you take it in and you plant it properly and you guard it and take care of it, it will come forth in your life. Jesus said you can produce 30, but you can also produce 60. Why stop at 60? Why don't we go for 100% that our life is filled with the word of God in each and every, at each and every point? Mark chapter 4, verse 23, Jesus said, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. If anyone. Then he said to him, take heed what you hear. Be careful what you're listening to. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. Start to use that measure. Start to have a large measure in your heart. Have expectation. Long for more. Long for the fullness of God. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And how true it is. We have to keep a spirit of expectancy. We have to keep a spirit of faith and hope. We need to walk on every day into the future with God. We need our lives open for the fullness of God in every situation and in the days of our life. Jesus said, if anyone has ears to hear, this is for anyone. This is for everyone, Jesus said. Jesus said, this promise of the seeding of my word into your life or harvest, this is equal for every believer. No one can say, well, but I, I'm, not, I'm not as smart as other people. No one can say, well, I, I, had, a, I had a poor upbringing. I had a difficult background. I have, I have too much baggage. I've gone to through, through too many sorrows and heartaches and disappointments in life. I've got, I have too many problems. This promise is for all. If anyone hears, Jesus said, 
and begins to take in that word of God and work with it, it will come forth 30, 60, 100-fold into the blessing of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. Because it's not based on the ability of the person. It's based on the power in that seed, in that word of God. That powerful word of God. It's not based in my personality. And as I yield, but as I yield to that word of God, that's what it calls for. If we will surrender to the word of God, it will grow and it will prosper and it will respond in our lives. Some receive a measure and others go on to fullness. There is a tremendous attack against the growth of the Word of God in the lives of Christians. And that attack is by Satan because he knows if he can hinder those seed, if he can hinder the Word, he, he will hinder you. He knows if he can stop the Word in your life, he will stop you. And you will not come to the freedom and joy and the fullness that you should walk in and want to walk in in your life. Satan comes to hinder the Word. He comes to fight against our faith for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God the Lord is sowing his word and with that word comes faith to believe and to walk as sons and daughters of the Almighty and walk in strength and walk in victory in every situation and handle every situation as Jesus would to rule and reign in life by one Jesus Christ so the enemy comes to attack the growth of the word the reception of the word because he can attack our faith the Bible says in Revelations 12 rejoice ye that dwell in heaven and we do we are heaven dwellers because we've been raised up with Christ in heavenly places. We have that rejoicing. But the next phrase says, woe to the inhabitants of, the, of earth. And we also live in earth. Woe to the inhabitants of earth. Because the devil has great wrath, knowing his time is short. He has great wrath, knowing his time is short. And how he wars against the people of God. How he wars against the fulfillment of the word of God and the fullness of us living in the joy and liberty of the word in our lives. It's the attack of Satan. The Bible says resist him. The apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter 5, 8-9. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Resist him steadfast in the faith. We must resist Satan because he, we know he's going against the word that the sower is trying to sow in our hearts. Mark chapter 4. The enemy comes immediately. The enemy comes with many things. He's trying to stop the progress of the word of God in our life so that we do not live in the high victory and fullness and joy of God's blessing. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Resist him steadfast in the faith and how we must resist the enemy. We resist him by the word of God. We, serve, we resist him by our submission to Jesus Christ. And because of our resistance against the enemy, our acceptance of the word of God, it has opportunity to flourish in our lives. Let's go to Hosea chapter 10. Hosea chapter 10, <clears throat> latter part of verse 11 says, Judah shall plow and Jacob shall break his clods. There's a tremendous fight of faith against us. We are in a fight for faith. We are in a fight for the Word of God in its power and fullness and glory in our lives. 
fight the good fight of faith. And as Scripture says, there is no discharge from this war till the day we step out of this world. There is no discharge in this war. We must fight the good fight of faith. We must fight it every day, and we fight it on many fronts as well. Hosea 10, Judah shall plow and Jacob shall break his clods. Sow to yourselves, sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. Break up your untilled ground. Break up the unproductive ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. What a word from God out of the prophet Hosea. It's time to seek the Lord. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. The seed prospers in the field of prayer and worship. The seed prospers in the field of prayer and praise. And if we do not have a strong, fervent prayer life and worship life, the seed will not prosper like the Lord wants it to and like it can. Prayer and worship opens up the ground. It opens up the ground of our heart. It prepares the soil. Steep seeking of the Lord opens up the soil of our hearts so the seed can go down and root in that soil and begin to spring forth. The prophet said that Judah shall plow. Judah means praise. Praise shall plow. My, we were plowing this morning, opening up the soil, opening up our hearts to the Lord. When you come into the praise and worship service of the house of the Lord, do you plow? Or does your singing just kind of scratch the surface of your heart? Judah shall plow, and Jacob, the man of the Spirit, the spiritual man, will break open the clods. He'll open the clods. He'll break open the hard places. He'll open the crust of his soil to the Lord because he wants the seed there. Maybe he's got a little seed in other places, but he wants a full harvest. So he says, I must break up the untilled ground of my heart, the areas that are not yet responding to the word of God as they should. And prayer and praise also sends the rain for the seed to grow, it needs to root, it need, needs to be planted, and it needs rain. And the Bible says it's time to seek the Lord until he comes and rains righteousness on you. The rain will come if you seek the Lord. Fervent worshipers, powerful prayer warriors, and it opens up the ground for the seed of the word of God so it can germinate and begin to spring forth and grow in all its beauty and fullness. Zechariah 10, 10, 1 says, Ask of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain, so the Lord will make bright clouds and send showers of rain to everyone. Grass in the field, to everyone. Ask of the Lord rain. And the truth is, if we do not develop a powerful prayer life, and if we do not develop a fervent praise and worship life, our ground will become stony. Our hearts will become hardened. And we'll become reluctant and resistant to the Holy Spirit and the things of God.
And my, how many Christians have fallen to that? Once so fervent, once so bright, now they hardly darken the doors of the church and are jaded and disinterested in many things of the kingdom of God. Break up the fallow ground. It's time to seek the Lord. Well, let's go to Mark chapter 4. Verse 14, the sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Again, every one of these soils heard the word of God. And this passage really isn't on what kind of soil are you. That's really secondary in this passage of Scripture. The real subject is, will you let the Word of God work in your life? Will you yield yourself to the Word of God, to the Scriptures, in all areas, so that you can bring forth a hundredfold? The sower sows the Word. These are the ones by the wayside where the Word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the Word that was sown in their hearts. Everyone faces this. Satan tries to come immediately to every one of us at the promise of God, at what God requires for obedience, at what the Word of God says. Satan comes and immediately tries to take the Word away so that we don't obey it and we don't respond to it and we don't live in it. He comes to steal the seed. You can hear and all heard the same. They all heard the words of praise and worship, shouting and lifting hands and clapping and dancing and rejoicing and making great boast in the Lord. They all heard the same word on prayer, public prayer and private prayer, to be in the prayer room in the house of God and have your prayer closet at home, speaking in tongues, fasting prayers, prayers of travail, deep intercessions of the Spirit. All heard the same word on prayer. All heard the same word on godly character, the fruit of Christ, the divine nature, the fruit of the Spirit, to develop in all areas of the fruit of the Spirit into the likeness of Jesus Christ. They all heard the same word on godly homes, godly family, how to serve the Lord and honor the Lord. They all heard the same word on healing truths, physical health and the healing power of God and the care of the Lord, according to the Scriptures. They all heard the same word on finances, to be faithful in finances and kingdom prosperity and how to sow finances in the kingdom to receive a harvest of blessing in their life. They all heard the same word. But Satan comes and he steals it. Sometimes people aren't out of the parking lot and the enemy's already stolen the, stolen the word. And the next week before them rolls out just like the previous one did. And they go on in their weariness and their complaint and their discontent in their negative confession, speaking against the Word of God and the promise of God. Satan comes and takes the Word. Jesus said the fowls of the air try and steal the Word from us. The moment we hear it, the moment it comes upon our heart, Fowls of the air try to steal it, demonic agents. 
And you have to deal with them like Abraham did in Genesis 15. He had to drive off those vultures. He had to drive off those birds of prey because they wanted to desecrate the covenant ground and the inheritance that the Lord was giving him. He drove them off. There's only one club I know of that'll drive off the birds of the air, the demonic spirits, and that is the Word of God. It is written, it is written, it is written. Satan comes to steal the word. So you don't believe it. So you don't act on it. But you say something contrary to it. So it never comes into harvest in your life where you can partake of it with joy. Mark 4, verse 16. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Wow, what a promise of God. What good news in the scriptures. And they have no root in themselves. Why do they have no root? We already covered it. Because they're not deep in prayer and deep in worship. And that's the only way you're going to get roots in your life. These have no root. They heard the word. They rejoiced in the promises of God. But they weren't in prayer. And they weren't in worship. And that seed doesn't have roots on its own. And it doesn't have fruit on its own. It has to be planted. It has to be watered. It has to grow in the soil of the heart. It says they have no root. And so what happened? They only endured for a time, only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises because you're a Christian... Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake... See, Satan sees what's going on in our lives. We're taking in the word. We want to follow the Lord. And he wants to break the power of the word. He wants to break us and keep us at a low level, keep us fruitless, keep us impoverished. When the Lord says, I've got hundredfold for you, the word on every point in your life. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble because the word didn't take root in their life. Trouble and persecution. Tribulation and persecution. Now we understand from other scriptures that there is a refining process that takes place with trouble, affliction, tribulation, and persecution. A lot of times the fire of God begins to burn in our heart. We face a situation. We see the dross in our life, and we call on the Lord. And the Lord is able, through some of our circumstances of life, as we surrender to him, to skim the dross off, the impurities, the baser elements off our life, so we become more Christ-like. That is, that is a truth. Christians who face persecution in physical ways as they suffer before the Lord and do so with a godly spirit and a surrendered life and yielded will, they bring forth great glory to God. But we see another side to trouble and persecution here, and that is that Satan is also in the trouble and persecution, and he has a purpose to break the word, to hinder the word, so that it does not prosper in our life. In every trouble, in every persecution, you know it's true. There is that work of the enemy trying to keep you from following God, from walking forth in God. And how many Christians, when they face trouble and trial, 
fall back in their faith. Disappointed with God, offended at Jesus Christ, offended at the church. And the enemy says, that's exactly what I wanted to do with that trouble. Trouble came, God wanted to refine you. God wanted you to press through and persevere and put on some spiritual might and overcome these things, but I got you. I broke you down. Hinder us from the word of God. Persecution. Persecution. There's a force of the enemy in it. He wants to stop the believers. Persecution comes in a country. Everybody really checks out their spiritual status. Am I really committed to follow the Lord? Persecution. Might have to give my life for the gospel. Might be jailed and imprisoned. Might be put in stocks and bonds. Might be tortured for the faith. The enemy's there. I want to stop the word in your life. I want to stop your Christian growth and development. And as we see in church history, especially the early centuries, there were those who were followers of the Lord, but they became known as the lapsed. Those who fell from their previous high standard with the Lord. Persecution came and all of a sudden they, they had no voice. They, they weren't vocal anymore. They just melted in with the crowd of other people. And you wouldn't know they were Christians. But when persecution ended, all of a sudden they all emerged and wanted to be received with full status back into the churches. And how the churches struggled with that. Wow. Because there were those who went on and became martyrs and gave up their lives and would not recant and would not lay down their testimony. And others were known as confessors. That is, they were tortured and under severe trial and imprisonment and bonds and labor camps. They would not deny the Lord and give up their faith. They were not martyred, but they were known as confessors because they did not bow down in the day of adversity. Persecution. Persecution. And the enemy says, I'm, I'm trying to break the faith of the saints. I'm, I'm trying to hinder the growth of the word. I'm trying to stop the fullness of God in their lives. Persecution. There are many today on another front that don't follow the Lord because of persecution. They don't want to be ridiculed. They know what their friends have said. Hey, so-and-so got religion. He's going to church and they laugh about it. And they know, even though the word of God has come and somebody has testified to them, I don't want to lose my friends. I don't want to lose my company. Persecution. Fear of embarrassment. And so they don't follow the Lord. And Satan says, that's exactly what I had in mind for you. To stop the growth of the word in your life. That you would not even become saved. And if you are saved, that you live at such a low level that you never enjoy the experience, and experience the power of God in your life, the fullness of the Lord. Persecution in the home. Sometimes it's uncomfortable in the home. Husband or wife that doesn't want to serve the Lord properly or fully. Sometimes the person that does pulls back. They never come to full harvest in their life. They live at the level of their spouse because they don't want persecution. Don't want discomfort in the home. They won't turn off the TV and videos. Won't curb the pursuits and the pleasures. 
It's too uncomfortable. It causes, causes problems in the house. And because of it, they never come to the fullness of the Word of God in their life. Maybe you want to go to church more, go to the prayer services, but resistance, resistance at home, resistance in the family, so they bend to the persecution and never come to the strength of God's Word. Strength of God's Word. When tribulation or persecution arises for the Word's sake, immediately they stumble. No root, no root, and they become stony ground. Verse 18, now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. And here are three more devourers. You're the enemy of your souls goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Here are three more devourers. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in Choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. They never live in the power of the word, in the hundredfold. Cares of this life, deceitfulness of riches, desires for other things entering in. These are attempts of Satan to hinder the power and the growth of the word of God in its fullness in our lives. Cares of this life, and I'll come to that in a moment, but deceitfulness of riches. Deceitfulness of riches is the love of money. It's not honoring the Lord properly in the finances. People who give 100%, 100-fold, 100-fold at their occupation, 100-fold for their vocation, 100-fold for their business, and they should. But when it comes to the Lord and His house and His ministry, maybe 20-fold. Don't honor the Lord in tithes and offerings, in what he's required, and what he's, what he's made known in his word. According to his word, that's the seed. It'll bring forth harvest. Don't honor the Lord. The love of money, deceitfulness of riches. 100% for family, 100-fold for family. And we should be. When it comes to the family of God, how many fold is there? God says, your ways are not equal. People were saying to the Lord and the prophets, the ways of the Lord aren't equal. He's not coming through for me. He doesn't answer his word. He doesn't fulfill what he said in his word. God says, it's not my ways that are unequal. It's your ways that are unequal. And a false balance is an abomination to the Lord. You know what the Lord's calling for? He's calling for 100%, 100-fold when we're in our business, 100-fold in our vocation, 100-fold in our zeal to excel in our occupation and the calling and ministry of God on our life, 100-fold. He's calling for 100-fold for our family, 100-fold, nothing less. But he's also calling for hundredfold for his house and for the prayer rooms and for the worship and for the gospel ministry. The love of money, the love of family overtakes the word of God and it becomes unfruitful. What about the lusts of other things, the desires for other things entering in? My, there is no end of other things today. Time-robbing distractions and 
media and games and entertainments and excesses. And Satan wants to use them. So the Word of God has no time in our life so that we have very little time to meditate and study and pray and pull the Word of God in our life. We are so distracted by all the noise and everything that's happening around us in the entertainment world and the media and the things of life. The Lord says these, these, are, these, these are thorns. They want to choke the word. Now, you can live at that level. You can live with the thorns, but you'll never live the abundant Christian life in the fullness of the promise and power of God. And that's what God's offering to us. Cares of this life, cares of this life. So many cares. Cares for the family and cares for finances and cares for the job. So many cares that we can have in our life and again the enemy is there to try and stop the power of the word in our life stop it from growing cares for the family will my family serve the lord you know what will become of my family people that are anxious and fretting over it anxious over finances how will i pay the bills and how am i going to fix up my house and how will i pay for everything i need to listen confess the word believe god get blessed don't complain about the price of gasoline. Get blessed of God and drive on. <laughs> Cares of physical health. But when the Word of God gets into our life, when the Word of God gets into our life and grows, when we face family care, when we face care concerning our children, we won't be wringing our hands and saying, oh no, what's going to happen to them? And I'm not, I don't know if they're going to serve the Lord. They seem so worldly. All of a sudden, when we have the word of God in our mouth or in our heart, the first thing that comes out is, our children shall be taught of the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you have a weapon and you have a strength and you have a fruit that will endure against the enemy. When we have financial trouble or difficulty or there's some temptation and trial, it's times of lack. If you have the word of God built into your life and it's powerful and it's at the hundredfold, you won't be wringing your hands and moaning and groaning. The first thing out of your, your mouth will be, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know when it's going to come. But he's Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. And when we face physical care, and distresses in our body and difficulty. If the word of God has been built into our life, the first thing out of our mouth is Jehovah Rophe. I am the Lord that heals thee. He heals all our sicknesses. He heals all our diseases. And all of a sudden, you're building on the word of God and the power of God as you work through a circumstance and as you believe for healing in your life and the great fullness of the Lord. Hallelujah. The enemy wants to stop the word. But now we know what he's up to. Jesus told us very clearly. He uses all those things. Stealing the word. Cares. And deceitfulness of riches. Trouble. Persecution. He uses all those things to try and stop the word of God from thriving in our life. And now because we know what his attempt is, we're going to keep on praying. 
and we're going to keep on praising, and we're going to keep building the seed, the Word of God into our lives so we can grow 30 and 60 and hundredfold. See, I, didn't think, I don't think Jesus meant that some only live at 30-fold. I think he said that's the start. When you look on your life as a Christian, when you first started out, you didn't know a lot of things about a, many subjects of the Bible, but you, you got on to the 30-fold. Wow, 30% of the Word of God is active and alive, and then you have to go further, and you learn the ways of God, and you're at 60, and I pray by the grace of God that we might present every man perfect in Jesus Christ and that we could live at the hundredfold. Well, let's close out with Mark 4 and verse 20. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Let's stand together this morning. Don't let anything stop the growth of the word of God in your life. Take the word of God. Read it. Memorize it. Meditate in it. Confess it. Speak it at all times in concerning every situation every circumstance of life, all day long, people that are speaking the Word of God, living at the fullness of the Word of God and its power in our lives. How many can say amen to the Word of God today? The sower sows the seed. The sower sows the seed. Well, let's close out in worship and surrender our hearts to the Lord this morning. Father inquired what hour he began to get better. And they said yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever broke. Some of you this morning need the fever to break and believe what God says instead of what you've been saying and what you've been thinking and how you've been acting and how you've been living your life. You need to say, I'm coming back to the promise of God. I believe the word of Jesus. That fever is going to break in my life today. That fever of disobedience. That fever of a coarse mouth. That fever of an unbridled tongue. That fever of a lustful heart. Fever break this morning. Fever break this morning. Fever of dissension in families. Fever of confusion in people's minds. Fever of a reluctant heart. These fevers break this morning by the power of the Word of God. And you can walk out and know the fever's broken and it'll just be a little while and you'll be at full strength once again to serve the Lord, serve your family, love life, and love the kingdom of God. Amen.